ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am your host, Mark Fattori, joined by Sean Floyd P. And welcome to another Friday Night Live. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure having you as per usual. Producer Ryan, sipping on the terps in the back there. <laughs> Good man. And this week, we are going to jump straight into it without going into how your week was and things like that. Because to be fair, I would dare say people probably don't care how your week was at the moment. But we're going to give them some value today. Absolutely. And we are going to give you some good value. And that value is going to come in the form of discussing the point A to point B Mm -hmm. when it comes to struggle. Or I should say the struggle that sits between point A and point B. And something that we actually mentioned in last week's podcast, something that we wanted to bring up today and discuss, obviously, you know, understanding that, you know, if we look at the big wide world at the moment, the talk of the town is that, you know, we are in a in a difficult period financially across the globe compared to where we were a couple of years ago. And that is to some people expected, to others unexpected. But regardless, it's something that we're all going through together. And I think we both think that this podcast is probably something that would be beneficial for some people out there that are probably going through a little bit more of a, a tougher period than others. And to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's not forever. But um, there is a certain period that does forge you into a, I guess, a, a more of a warrior and mm. someone with more experience now moving forward because um, I can certainly vouch for that. You know, we've all been through it and it's some part of our life and, and we'll continue to go through it. But, Sean, I guess we'll start off today by, you know, uh, rolling out the question, you know. The, the, the big question here is, you know, the struggle between, let's say, you know, where we are today and where we want to be tomorrow, right? How do we deal with knowing that we're going to be faced with hurdles along the way? Excellent question. That's the, that's a brilliant question. How do we deal with um, the the struggle of knowing that we're going to have hurdles along the way? Right. I think I think that comes from a combination of things, right? So experience is one of them. Experience probably tells us that if you wanted to, let's let's take it back to to some basic examples, right? If you were in school and you wanted to, you're six years old, you wanted to come first at the athletics carnival. Um, in your 100-meter sprint or your 50-meter dash. Mm. You can probably get away with it um, on natural talent alone for maybe a year, a few years, and but you probably can't get away with it at, let's say, the highest level of high school competition mm. if you just relied on talent alone without training. Yep. So you start training, and over time you realize that, okay, um, what are the obstacles that, that I've got? I'm trying to improve my speed, but I've realized that I'm still the best when I'm running full steam ahead. But my challenge is why am I losing every single race is because I'm really bad off the blocks. Mm. So, so what life gets to tell you is that you might actually be the world's fastest man, Mm. but maybe you're really so terrible off the blocks that you couldn't even make it to a university level top competition, let alone the world stage of the Olympics, hundred meter sprints. Right. Yep. Um, and I've, I've always believed this as well, that in life there might be swimmers who are better than than some of the Olympic swimmers um, in the ocean, right? Mm, uh, but then, then how do you gauge ocean swimming versus pool swimming and so forth and so on? But going back to your question, without going too much off track, how do we deal with knowing that there's going to be struggle along the way? I think, I think it's important to define struggle in terms of the essence of the topic as what we discussed last week. So last week our discussion was, embracing the struggle between where you are and where you want to be. So that word embracing is something that we might not need to necessarily love the outcome of what it is that we're dealing with, but we say, okay, I know that this is an obstacle. 
How do I embrace it? So let's 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 dissect that for a moment. How do we embrace obstacles and hurdles? I love how it. how I would do it is I'd, I'd honestly look at something going. Okay, if if you're a business owner and you're trying to get from point A to point B, usually there's certain funnels along your sales process, your marketing process, and then people want to get somewhere, right? And then what's what's the struggle that you're trying to embrace is maybe let's say get more clients, for example, for all you business owners out there that are hearing this. And then the the struggle is you have to spend a lot of time understanding all your metrics for marketing. You have to spend a lot of time understanding all your campaigns, and then you have to dissect going, okay, where are we making traction? Where are we not making traction? So that takes time, effort. It's a lot of wastage on the company as well. But if that's done well, that gives you clarity and vision for the future. Mm. So you can apply the same principle in so many different facets of life, whether you're training for an event, uh, like bodybuilders do this all the time. Like they have been through, you know, you'll see that the big champions of the world were not guys that were winning in their year one off the bat all the time, but the consistent champions were guys that have failed in the beginning, but now they've mastered a process. So Mm. they know what sort of hurdles there are. Like I think Chris, Chris bump said as well, won Olympia after recently getting um, an injured muscle as well, but he still won it. Like that's, I think, becoming a man of systems and processes. So Mm. when we're talking about embracing the struggle, I think defining that word embrace for everyone is different according to their own circumstances, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, mean, that's the the way I would put it. But uh, how how would you look at embracing certain hurdles in in, in your personal and professional life? Yeah, I think – you, you hit the nail on the head, as per usual. <laughs> of course, I as did. Per usual. But, but that's yeah. what I do, and that's Mark's. Uh, Mark's. Uh, what do you call it? No, Tr- no. Trick phrase. Yeah, no, 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 I was listening. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you know, I'm, I'm big on this uh, because, again, you're right. Everyone has a, a different struggle, you know, and and, and that's something I was going to raise as well, saying that you know what you see as a struggle today, you know, might be someone's paradise. Mm. Right, and 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 that's what a lot of people, I guess, you know, as we go through this tougher time, you, we've got people that are saying, you know, again, using an example, just you know, from a professional standpoint, people in, you know, investors, oh, you know, it's getting tough out there. The the the, the bank's done, you know, X, Y, and Z to my rates, and it's making it harder for me, and my profits have gone from X to Y, right, um, or they've dropped, I should say, mm-hmm. right? and but again, there's someone else out there who's trying to get into the market. I don't even have those profits that you're achieving, even though your profits are less now. So I guess, you know, you really need to weigh up what what really is a, a true struggle. And I think, you know, I like to boil things down um, when I'm going through moments of, you know, struggle, let's say, um, mentally and, and mental blocks and whatnot, and, and go back to the days where we would roam around as cavemen. Mm. And the- So what you're doing is you're actually contextualizing your struggle. You're contextualizing it to a level where you're finding your own rationale for what you want to do moving forward with that struggle. Is, is that well, I guess similar? Where I'm, kind of where I'm going here is saying that what I would do is I would strip everything back mm. and just go, all right, we've, we've got this problem at hand. But what, what really is the problem? Because I've always been taught something when I was younger. Unless you've got a gun pointed to your head, then you'll know you're in struggle street. Yeah. Right? Like that, that will make you forget anything that's going on in life getting any form of bills that are owed or any profit that you've lost or whatever it may be, right? When you're in a spot of bother, like proper danger, mm-hmm. your life is either – it's a 50-50 chance on that very moment. Everything does not matter. Let's be real, all right? And, you know, taking that, I like to, to look look at that from more of a, you know, a less gangster approach, let's say, and, and, and look at that from if I was a caveman and there's – 
I need to eat. What do I need to do? I need to go out find food, whether it be from a bush or whether it be from killing an animal. So while going for a run, we we pop up to Uncle John's Paradise Resort and <laughs> pluck those plums and there's our brekkie for the day. There but at least it's done. But I guess, you know, in, in all seriousness, we're, we're, you need to strip everything back and go, what really is the problem? Because the, the, the problem is is really created up here. Right, I think we can all admit that as well. Um, you know, it's it's all self-inflicted. It's it's something where we're so fearful of the future, we don't know what it lays ahead. But that's also the beauty of it, and it's easier said than done. And I, I'm a big advocate of saying, you know, you know, those that are making the money for them to go, oh, just embrace the struggle. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, embrace the struggle. But when you've got the landlord breathing mm. down your neck, and mm. you know, you've got to feed the family, and 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 that is bothering you mentally the whole day, right? And, and you feel like you can't get out of first gear, yeah. it's a much easier thing to be said than done. But I guess everyone, if you stay persistent, which we can all agree to here, if you stay persistent, getting over that hump eventually happens. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. All right? And then you, your problem, you look at it and you go, okay, well, we got out of that. Might not be the this beautiful paradise that I thought it was going to be, but we don't have that struggle but what's my next hurdle going to look like? Mm-hmm. And then you actually start finding yourself becoming addicted to saying, I don't want to struggle, but I actually want another problem or, or, or an issue to come to me so I can like learn how to deal with it yeah. and then go, wow, like on, on the back and look back and go, oh, that was another notch in my belt of how to deal with an issue. And then you speak of experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess um, yeah, many different ways to look at it, but that's just somehow of a way that I look at it, yeah. Yeah, you've drawn many amazing lines of it and going back to it as well, after that little technical mishap, um, I wanted to talk about the. It's time to share with the audience that that you've you've drawn lines to dealing with embracing that struggle and stripping it back. I wanted to enforce that that when we do live this boxed life approach, mm. I'm guessing this morning when you woke up to come into work, you woke up out of a bed. Producer Ryan, I'm guessing when you woke up this morning to come out of work, you got out of a bed. And I'm guessing when you both drove into where we are today, filming, you both drove in vehicles, cars. The reason I'm saying this is, you know, we live a box life. We mm. wake up out of a bed, generally shaped like a box, that's inside a house, which is generally shaped like a big box, mm. to go have breakfast, which is out of a cereal box. We check our phones, which is just another digital box. Drive to work into our office box. Mm. And then what are we doing in that time when you strip it back is we're passing time. Yep. Sure, we're making deals where, you know, some people are saving lives like doctors and, and surgeons and they're making an income, but even they're doing it in the operation theater box. Mm. And then they're opening up their box of tools to operate on on the patients, right? Yes. Now, what, what I'm trying to say is with this box life, at the end of the day, you'll die in a coffin, go in a box in the ground. That's right. All we're trying to do is figure out that, okay, what are the sacrifices we want to make on a day-to-day perspective or an hour, hour to hour perspective to make certain boxes be better? Maybe mm. it's the box we send our children to instead of daycare when they when they go to school from the ages of 6 to 16. Mm. You know, we're sending them off to a box for eight hours in the day or seven hours in the day mm. so that we're not looking after them, but they're at some box. So what are the boxes you're willing to sacrifice on? What are the boxes that you're not willing to sacrifice on should be top of mind? And that's where I think you take away the emotional struggle of what you're trying to do. For example, if you want to eat out of, you know, a cheap box and then you spend better on your television box, yep. that's a trade-off. So that becomes opportunity cost. The sooner people realize that there are certain sacrifices to be made for certain of those boxes in life, mm. I think it'll alleviate the stress that people put on themselves on a day-to-day basis to have everything be perfect all the time. Mm. 
So if, if I could speak personally on myself, I would rather have, because I'm passionate about cars, I would rather have a nicer car than the greatest bed in the world. <laughs> like just, just as an example, just to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and when I was younger, it was even, even to a point where I wouldn't mind not having a house and I would just only own a really good car. And maybe I, I used to convince myself I could live in there. These mm. days I can't because I actually grew up after that. So. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on something like that when we're talking about struggle. And more importantly, how would you describe the moment as a human or as a high-performing human uh, – how do you feel when you're about to actually cross that line getting from point A to point B, when you're about to reach point B, what does that feeling feel like? And then more importantly, how do you feel once you've actually hit finish line or you've passed that, that, that finish line? Yeah, good question. And I think, um, you know, the, the way you need to, I believe anyway, like let's say getting to point B, you know, you, you, I think we need to make it very clear. There will never be a point B in anyone's life. You will get to a certain destination but there'll always be another destination that you've already got in focus before arriving to that. And you need to have that because the only way you're going to get to destination B is by already understanding where destination C sits. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, and I've always said that as well. Um, you know, especially maybe when it comes to, you know, what we're aiming for, right. Um, are we aiming for the moon or Mars? Right. It's great that we want to go up, but where are we going exactly? You know, get that in place first and then, we hit the moon, oh, great, fantastic, we're going to Mars now. You know, or we know we're about to land on the moon, we're already focusing on what mm-hmm. do we need to get to Mars now. So I think um, always having, I guess, self-belief that you can do the, you know, the next biggest thing before right. arriving there because what I feel like is that almost gives you a form of, not humbling, but I think it gives you that even keel that you need to get to where you need to get to. You get there, you respect it, you enjoy the moment, and then you go, right, we need to go to the next. And how next fleeting level. is that moment? You know, how fleeting is that moment for, yeah. for getting there? Sometimes what I feel is high-performing individuals, they get most excited when it's just around the corner. Mm. But I feel that high-performing individuals bypass the achievement portion and then yeah. they're already on to the next, if, if yeah, you say. exactly. Yeah, and I think at the same time as well, you just – you you – if you look at it and, and don't look at it as though it's a, an, an enormous feat, I mean, we always say it, you're only as good as yesterday type of mm-hmm. thing or your last deal or whatever it may be, right? And I think that that applies to everything in life, you know? We are here once on earth unless we get reincarnated, which hopefully we do. But, um, you know, whether we come back and do better or do more or less or whatever it may be, but at the end of the day we know that we've got one shot, you know, and why would we waste that? Mm-hmm. You know, why would we waste that opportunity? That's how I see things anyway. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, again, going back to, to where your, your, your question was, Sean, you know, understanding, you know, um, you know, the, that, that, that hurdle that you've got to get across and, and how you, you, you carry yourself when you get to that, that point, that destination, I think is, um, it's very rewarding. Uh, you should take it as more of a humbling moment and respect it. I think that's a big thing that I've learned in the past is respecting it, you know, because when you achieve it all good and well. It can be stripped away from you as well the next day. That's something that I've learned as well is achieving a goal is one thing, depending on what the goal is, but maintenance is another. And we always achieve to get the biggest and best thing, get a a bigger house or a better car. But guess what? That also comes with maintenance as well most of the time. Yeah, which which, funnily enough, they don't actually teach you in in business school to worry about. They teach you about acquisition cost. Uh, A lot of people don't talk about halting cost or maintenance cost. You know, we, we don't think about it. 
we That's think about right. falling in love and, and having, you know, a family, mm. but no one coaches you on the amount of bills that creep up when there's two children that have to do a multitude of activities during mm. the week. And mm. then suddenly people are just wondering, hang on a minute. I was, I got myself in a position to be able to provide to have mm. one human I'm living with. Mm. Now I've got four or I've got three or two. Yeah. And suddenly world hits you where you feel like you're running backwards. So again, embracing the struggle, I feel does have something to do with, figuring out what that end point is mm. and then working backwards. So the end point does not need to be the destination, but it could be end point for, let's call it, let's call it checkpoint A. Yep. End point for checkpoint A is I want to have my 100K saved up so that I can buy this house in this suburb. On the way to checkpoint A, you can start doing something like maybe, you know, personally for all you guys living at home, start setting up checkpoint B which is I need to have an emergency 20K buffer all the time. So I'll get building on that on the side. Um, once you get there, once, you know, obviously your personal goals will take over from there, you'll decide to buy whatever you buy. Where I feel a lot of people aren't prepared is that when a big challenge hits that you weren't prepared for, let's say we were just talking this example, a 20K buffer, let's say a 50K challenge hits you and now you're set back, you've got to get into debt to fund that extra 30K shortfall and now you hit with a challenge you weren't prepared for. What would you do in a situation where what's required from you isn't available? and you have a choice of either, you know, calling it quits completely or, you know, that you, you try and search for a silver lining, but you don't know exactly what to do. What would your natural starting point be for that sort of struggle? And the only reason I'm asking this question uh, for all you viewers at home is recently I was talking to one of the brokers in our network who at the same period of in the same quarter tried to invest in a business, uh, had a new partner, which I think went south, plus also had um, – something to do with a, a massive amount of issues within his own internal business. So he had like this, this trifecta of like the world imploding on himself. Usually from your, your close companions, you hear one of those things going wrong, like either business, health or mm. or, uh, or, or your, your relationships. So what, what would you do as a starting point for deciding to get out of messes? Oh man, that's a very good question. Um, well, if I go back to, you know, experiences that I've I've had in the past, but they have been very similar in nature. And, you know, everything comes in uh, in threes, as they say. All right. So really? I think, uh, well, I believe. I mean, I've, I've heard that many times and it has been true in a lot of aspects, but uh, I'd but, love to But, but the good things come in threes as well. You know, that's what you've got to remember <laughs> as well. And I think, yes, um, they do. <laughs> 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 I love how you laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Don't edit that. We're not um, editing that at all. You're going to keep that part on there. But um, yeah, look, I think um, it really is one of those things where it's it that that's a really good question to answer. Like I, I'm I'm a bit stumped, even looking back on my past experiences. To be honest, yeah. right? There, there is nothing that you can say. Oh, you must do X, Y, and Z, and you'll get X, Y, and Z outcome. Correct. Like correct, it correct. really is just up here and in here. And I think because everyone's had a different uh, personal journey in their own lives, mm. I feel that if I just speak uh, as non-subjectively as possible, yes, as non, I know it can't be 100% non, uh, looking at it objectively, I think for, for an individual who's typically had scenarios where struggles have been a part of their life mm. and they've overcome have trained their subconscious mind and trained their psyche to be able to deal with the next challenge as the same. Mm. But if the track record, I feel if the track record is one of failure, 
and quitting and leaving or abandoning your situations, relationships, I think that's when they might not take positively to, to the struggle. Because what I would do personally as well, I know this question's probably answered differently by a hundred people if you ask them. What I would do is I would do what you did, which is strip it down to what's most important, but not from a survival perspective. Mm. I'll strip it down to what's most important for me personally. Yes. So obviously survival is number one for every human being. I'm still human. So I would go, okay, great. Survival, which is roof, uh, water, food. Next is what's important. So mm. I think if you keep those things in, in perspective and then work off what you can get rid of and then work off what you can start building on might be the, the best starting point if you get mm. hit with a challenge that's so huge where you don't even know where to begin. Mm. And lists are a great thing. Yeah. How many human beings these days actually write down Lists, like even if it's on an iPad or even if it's on pen and paper, I'm still old school. I'm still a pen and paper guy. But, you know, do a simple left and right column. Mm. No, I agree. Yeah, look, that that is a good starting point. You're right. And I think uh, taking back to, to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Correct. Yeah, it's, um, it is actually something that I reflected on in a period of struggle um, where you're right. You, you look at what are my necessities, uh, what my basic needs and it levels up from there. Um, create them you know, in, in whatever the, the problem is at the time. So if it is, you know, oh, my business has failed and the partner's gone, okay, well, let's have a look at them and segregate them. Um, what do they call it? Compartmentalise? Compartmentalise. Yeah, compartmentalising, right? yeah. About it, right? yeah. So segregate everything and just deal with it. Okay, well, ignore everything for the time being. Let's focus on this issue. Uh, the, the the partner left, you know, I'm, I'm sad, blah, blah, blah. What can I do to make myself better? get that checklist in place, for mm. example. Then you segregate the next one and so on and so forth. I think that's, I mean, you know, it should be a basic thing, but it is hard to even think of the basic things to start with when you're going through that whirlwind as well. So Spot on. Yeah, Spot on. I and, agree. And, uh, the only favourite quote I'd love to leave people with is that the, the things that are easy to do are also the things that are easy, extremely easy not to do. Mm. Just remember that. It's easy to wake up in the morning and make your bed. It's very easy not to do it. Mm. You know, so just just remember that. But yeah, um, for a little bit of a twist, do you have any rapid round robin quick questions that you can fire off to us, and then we can have answered off to cap our lovely event or anything else you wanted to speak about for this afternoon? No, that was good. That was really fun. Yeah. Think of a really fun random question. Could be personal as well for the audience to know about us. Oh, very interesting. Great question. What's one word, Mark, to sum up your this week? Oh, cracker. <laughs> what I used to say, I don't know. Yeah, well, every okay. Every week okay. is good. I don't know. Yeah, I, you, I find you, every week You good. know what? Your previous <laughs> word when this question was asked every single week cracker. back in the old podcast was cracker. And you remember my one? Uh, chaotic. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> no, but I, my, my week's always good. Even if there's shit in the mix, it's still good. That's like 17 words. I hope that's okay enough for you. My word's grateful. My word for this oh, week is just grateful. Alrighty. Well, that finishes up for another week of uh, Friday Night Live. We hope you've enjoyed it. We certainly have. And we will see you next week. Amen. Thank you.